five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. We're going to be talking about finding the sweet spot in advertising personalization from fizz.org. Um, interesting. I don't know this publication, but let's dig in. It is actually quite a good article. Um, personalization is not new. In 1892, Sears tried a customer mailing um, direct mail campaign targeting 8,000 customers and achieved a 40% conversion rate. Never sure what that means, um, but it said resulting in 2,000 new orders. Now, 40% of 8,000 is 3,200, right? So, uh, I'm not sure, but anyway. Maybe these weren't purchases. I don't know. I don't know what a conversion, you know, we didn't worry about conversion. We worried about sales. <laughs> As the scope for personalization expands and choices widen, the process inevitably becomes more complex. Customers are bombarded by targeted campaigns, and if not carefully executed, it can easily backfire. Personalization is more than just targeting customers with products brands think suit their profile. There are many factors to consider. Customers want to feel prioritized and listened to. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've made suggestions to companies. And oftentimes I see those suggestions in the form of new products later. A report by Merkel showed that 90% of customers are likely to make repeat purchases if they feel heard. On the other hand, I almost never feel heard. Now, I, I got to stop here. I've been complaining about ESPN and their graphics. Um, if let's say Wisconsin plays Nebraska in basketball. There's a graph at ESPN on the thing. You can watch the score go up and there's two lines that go, that go parading across the screen. The problem is Nebraska is red, go big red, you've heard of that. And the Badgers are red, go big red also. And so for, I don't know, a long, long time, ESPN will put two, two red lines up there. You couldn't tell which team was what. They both showed red. And the other day, for the first time, I actually saw colors that were related to the teams, but were contrasting colors, like a home team and an away team. Um, McKinsey Research in 2021 said companies that excel at personalization generate 40% more revenue than others. And uh, But sharing personal data can expose consumers to the risk that it's mishandled uh, or think that the personalization is invasive. Correct, correctly executed personalization is a win-win because hopefully you get listened to, you get better products, you get brands get more sales, right? It's a question of balance. Some of our best, uh, best product ideas came from customer service. People would ask for things that we didn't have or we couldn't find. And so we'd go out and do research and sometimes we'd say their name and call them back and say, now we have it. Um, you know, and so that's that's a one of the best sources of new product ideas. Customers are frequently irritated by generic marketing messages. <laughs> People are increasingly irritated by almost any kind of marketing message. Okay, but let's think about Netflix. Not only does Netflix, I mean, their recommendations are ho-hum, so-so. We canceled because they raised their price and quit quit letting us share. But um, they they do use it for product development as well as product presentation. And uh, and I do sort of enjoy YouTube 
Um, I do tell them regularly that uh, this channel has no interest for me, and they don't seem to listen to that. I, not that I can tell. That's another suggestion I had for ESPN, and um, which was that uh, that they they allow me to tell them what what sports I'd never want to see <laughs> that they have no interest in. It's not that I don't want to see them. I just don't have no interest in them. And, uh, you know, lacrosse is a good example. Even even NHL hockey, not very much interest. Okay, I just assume you just skip it. Just go on to something else. Um, when customers consent to data collection, they expect personalization in return. But if you don't give them personalization, then that destabilizes the bargain and I don't know. It, you know, it's about a coin flip, whether the personalization makes any sense whatsoever. <laughs> I've gotten so much, so many recommendations that just don't make any sense. And so it's, it, for me, it's negative either way, I have to say. I'd rather you just didn't keep the data and just tell me your best sellers. Or like Amazon, just say, people who watch this also watched. <laughs> and that at least has some continuity from the marketplace. Amazon never says we think you'd be we think you'd like this. This is a product you like might like. No, they always say people who bought X also bought Y. That's all they say. There's no claim implied. I love that. Gotta say, okay. Um, customers respond positively when brands demonstrate their investment in nurturing a relationship, and that's you know, this is the kind of stuff we heard in the '80s. Customer relationship management. But is it really a relationship? You know, if I can't find it on Amazon and I can't find it on eBay, I mean, yesterday, yesterday, Saturday, I was looking for a um, an inverter, an, a DC to AC converter, and I went on Walmart, I went on Home Depot, I went on um, Ace Hardware. None of them would show me anything that was in stock that would meet my needs or even was close. I finally went to my local True Value Hardware and asked if they had inverters. They said no, they didn't know what they were. Uh, we walked around for a while and finally we found one and it allowed me to power my house furnace uh, in the midst of or following the blizzard and the power outage, which we, we were out for two full days. I'm, I'm posting an article on that adventure, but the point is I kept looking till I could find it and uh, Walmart you couldn't tell which was on the shelf and which was uh, had to be shipped basically it was all had to be shipped and that wasn't going to help me with the power out at that moment okay some companies send how-to videos haven't seen that very much uh, some asked ask consumers to write a review that happens to me on eBay and I pretty much never write a review unless asked and sometimes I do write reviews I try to be honest but also complimentary um, sending an email after product delivery you can ask about the product quality the delivery time the overall customer experience I tend to take the time if I'm happily pleased um, or if I have some suggestions again almost never does anybody get back to you after that um, now here's where it gets interesting technology is a key enabler of personalization and ai powered recommendation engines and service bots are some of the just some of the tools available for personalization at scale isn't that an oxymoron 
Doesn't personalization mean personal care? Personal help? Personal support? Nope, guess not. Personalization is sort of a lie, I have to say. You know, because with mass consumer markets and diverse geographical areas, it's almost impossible with the help of without the help of AI. It's true. I know. But as they say, algorithms can get things wrong without manual intervention. And AI can fail to account for searches done in specific contexts. Yeah, I know. I always like, you know, I look at my own my own browser history and it is so bizarre. It's just bizarre. <laughs> you know, because one of my kids calls and asks about one thing or somebody else calls or I get an idea or, you know, I was looking up Herodotus the other day and I was trying to remember why was I looking up Herodotus? <laughs> well, it turned out that he was very, very impressed with the Persian uh, delivery service, parcel delivery or something or letters. Uh, it wasn't exactly post office, but it was it was sort of what all the post offices are patterned after. And uh, and he came up with a phrase, something about uh, something like the neither rain nor snow nor dark of night can stay the courier from his appointed rounds. That was not about USPS. That was an architect uh, found was found. And he was a he was a classical history expert. And he found that saying in Herodotus and decided to put it on the front of what was called the postal building. I believe in New York City, and then it quit being a postal building, but it still got that on, on, on the front. And it never was, is not now, and probably won't be the postal motto, but that story is one of my posts from last week. And I was looking up Herodotus. Now, what does that tell, what does that tell somebody about my interests? You'd never figure that backwards. No. Okay, so... Uh, also, you know, we're followed around online by the same item that we just purchased. That used to happen to me a lot. Now I basically search in private windows that don't share my browser history, and especially on Amazon. Uh, eBay did that for a while. I hated it and went to the private windows without logging in, but now they stopped, so I'm happier, right? Most importantly, having data alone is not enough. Data must be centralized, processed, and understood. And to understand, what we need to do is we need to set up experimental tests. We need the scientific method. We need to get real information this way. By observation, we say, hey, you know, these kind of customers buy more than those kind of customers. Why is that? It's an observation. Come up with a hypothesis. Well, it's because these customers in these kinds of cities and towns speak English. All our communication is in English. These other people don't buy much. They're in Hispanic neighborhoods. Just saying. Just making this up off the top of my head. You say, well, maybe if we mailed Hispanic offers in Hispanic neighborhoods, this is available from public census data, maybe they'd order more. And it's possible they would. But, you know, let's flag them as customers that way so that not only do we just start the process in Spanish, but we keep it on as much as we can. Okay, makes sense? Sure. I get mailers, especially during political campaigns, in Spanish. I don't 
speak Spanish very well, and my zip code probably isn't very Hispanic. Not really. I mean, growing up, we never had, I never even ate any Mexican food. I wouldn't have known what a burrito was, right? But um, so, you know, that process can work too. Maybe don't, maybe test that. When Sears went into Canada, they mailed Quebec just in English. Very bad. Very, very bad. Took them years to recover from that boo-boo. Okay. Excessive personalization has its downsides and can lead to enveloping consumers in so-called filter bubbles. They don't really explain what this is, so-called. I have never heard the term before. But your range of, this is what happens with modeling too. As you utilize variables and exclude them, you no longer know how customers would have done if you would have mailed in those, in those alternative variable values. So you always got to be a little bit sloppy or you just keep narrowing it down and you supposedly will find the five people who will, will mail, who you can mail and they will order for sure, except now you've got too big a warehouse and too big a overhead. And that happened with Western Publishing uh, in Kenosha. Okay, we also can eliminate or tend to eliminate creativity and entertainment. AI is not that creative. I've tried to get it to be, but <laughs> I find that it's almost always faster to find, you know, even with images and stuff, to find an image and overlay it with text <laughs> rather than telling AI to create one. Anyway, I'm sure out there you you all are better than that um personalization is a constant process of balance it's a trade-off between personalization and privacy ensuring personalization is not done at the expense of entertainment and thought leadership that's pretty good right i would say an excellent article uh, make sure that consumers are that you can be aware of their needs without making them feel like they are being watched which, of course, is pretty much impossible unless you have a product that everybody needs, like ice cream or money. <laughs> a banker once told me, we sell money. <laughs> yes, they do. And everybody kind, of, everybody kind of needs it or wants it, right? So unless you have one of those kind of products, you have to pay attention to something. But it's better to set up experiments, test different customer groups with a control and let the market tell you what they want than it is to assume you know what they want and then tell them what you think. It doesn't go over nearly as well. You know, back in, when I started, the definition of marketing was find a consumer need and fill it. Now, you also have to tell them that you filled it. <laughs> but that can be done from both directions. And that's the point I'm trying to make with this article. And there are the references. So, not bad. Interesting. From phys.org. Not sure what that is. I'll look it up later. You're welcome to. And don't forget, these articles are always available after the show over at wdma.org in the members only section. Also remember that we post these as daily podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, and a few others, I think. 
um, and you can have them regularly delivered and listen to them probably the next day on your way to, to and from work. Have a great day. Like, repost, it's worth 20 likes, and